Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Your words are life to me and health to all of my flesh. I have what your word says I have. I am what your word says I am. I can do what your word says I can do. Holy Spirit, anoint my ears to hear, my heart to receive, my mind to be open to the knowledge of the truth that makes me free. Quicken me according to the word. Change me from glory to glory. And I boldly say, I will never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 21, please, if you would. Matthew 21, 22. Chapter 21 and verse 22. I want to talk to you this evening about prayer. We want to welcome our television audience and thank God for each and every one who has tuned in. We thank God for your lives and believe that God will do a mighty work in your life. As you receive from the Word of God, your life will be changed forever. In Matthew 21 and verse 22, Jesus said, In all things... Whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Notice all things. Whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, not just in prayer, but believing, you shall receive. I want to talk to us tonight about having access to God in prayer. Having access to God in prayer. Now, the objective of prayer is to get results. We want to pray and we want to get results. If our prayer life is getting results, I say don't change it. But if you're not happy or satisfied with your prayer life, then believe that God will speak some things to your heart that will change you on the inside and enable you to receive from God those things that are freely given to you. All of us have things given to us of God. All we've got to do is ask. If we need power to resist or overcome a temptation in life, it's there for the asking. If we just go to God and ask Him and believe that we receive it by faith. And so we want to learn how to approach the throne of God. We want to learn how to receive from Him by faith. We want our prayer life to be an effective life. We want to get results. I don't know about you, but if I keep on going to the, to the water spigot and no water comes out, Something is wrong if I turn on the faucet and the water comes out. I believe water should come out when you turn it on, don't you? And if it doesn't come out, something is wrong. And I say, get it fixed. Don't go buy a new house. Just fix the faucet. Find out what the problem is. Same thing is true here. If we're praying and asking God for certain things and nothing is coming to pass, I venture to say it might be time to make some adjustments. Find out what's going wrong and make these adjustments and changes that are necessary for us to get results, praise God, in our lives. Because we serve a prayer answering God. Notice it says, all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. God wants us to believe. He wants us to believe beyond our senses. He wants us to believe beyond the things that we can see or hear or feel in this natural world. He knows that if we believe Him and take Him at His Word, He will then watch over His Word to perform it and make it good in our lives. That's in Jeremiah 1.12. And what it means is this. 
Just like way back in the Hebrew days, what they used to do. They'd sit on a watchtower and they'd watch for what is their possession. And if they saw it, they would claim it and say, yep, that's my sheep, that's my this, that's my that. They'd look for it. They'd watch over it. Beloved, God Almighty is watching over His Word. And if He sees somebody acting in harmony or in line with His Word, He is watching over that Word to see to it that that Word comes to pass in that person's life. I want you to know that He takes pleasure in His children when they uphold the Word before Him and say, Father God, this is what You said. And I'm upholding it before your presence. And I know that because you said it, it's got to come to pass. And I am not going to stop until I make every adjustment in my life to see to it that I have done my part so that your part will be realized in my life. I've said this before. Don't knock a message that says this. God cannot fail, but man can. God is incapable of failure, but man is. So if there's any failure... If there's any problems, it's got to be on the manward side, not the Godward side. So let's fix the manward side and line up with God. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to say a few things about prayer. And while I'm saying it, I want you to turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians in chapter 5, if you would, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to start off by saying that believing prayer is the foundation. The foundation for every successful Christian endeavor. Believing prayer is the foundation for every successful Christian endeavor. Even if God tells us to do something, just because He tells us to do it is no guarantee it will succeed. He tells us to do something and we set out to do it, we are going to be challenged by an enemy. And for us to succeed, we've got to support that work by believing prayer. God might tell you to start a work over here or start a work over there. And I'll tell you this, God may be in it and God may have told you to do it, but it won't succeed unless it's backed up by believing prayer because you will be challenged along the way. Your faith life will be challenged along the way. So many things that God has provided for us but are never realized in people's lives because they faint. And the Bible says we'll reap if we faint not. That means we've got to stand firm in what we believe. And no matter what the situation is, don't give up the fight of faith. Believing prayer is what gets results. Whatever we ask, believing in prayer. In prayer, believing we shall receive. Whatever we've asked God for, that's a stand we take. And whatever you've stood for, stand believing. And having done all to stand, continue standing. I'm standing. I'm not moving. I'm being immovable, invincible. I'm not changing my, my mind, my thoughts. I believe that God heard me, and I know that God is at work on my behalf. He is seeing to it that it's coming to pass in my life. I have great expectancy. Secondly, prayer is joining forces together with God on earth to carry out His purposes. It is not us standing alone. It is not us talking God into the notion of doing something for us. God is a God who is disposed to do favors for His children. God is a benevolent God. He is the giver of all good things for us to enjoy. It's in His nature to give. And He has given us freely every good thing in Christ. As a matter of fact, in the mind of God, anything and everything we need has already been provided and has already been given. It's our inheritance. It's to our account. And all we've got to do is make a withdrawal in the mind of God. 
We don't view things that way. And there's where we get into trouble. God said, look, I have already saved you. Now come and receive it. I've already provided healing for you. Now just come and get a hold of it. Receive it. I've already provided what is necessary for your financial success. For you to be filled with Holy Ghost power. Come and receive it. It's already there. It's like all the resources that are there in the earth. How many of you know that when God made the earth, He put all the resources in it from the very beginning? Before He made man? You know, before He made man, He made full provision for man. And all man had to do was just go and get a hold of it, partake of it, and enjoy it. Same thing is true spiritually. In Christ, we have an inheritance. In Christ, we have everything our hearts desire and all that we need in life. And all we've got to do is get a hold of it. Receive it. Ask in faith, believing. And we will experience it. And I'll be frank about it. I believe many are never going to receive in this life those things that God has provided only because they simply fail to ask in faith to believe they receive it. But you see, we don't have to talk God into the notion of doing it. The God of all the earth is benevolent. He has given us every good thing in Christ and all we've got to do is receive it by faith. Now, I believe that one of the main hindrances to experiencing success in prayer is found in the fact that man, when he fell, became inferior to God. When Adam walked with God in the cool of the day, there was no sense of inferiority whatsoever. He talked to Him. He walked with Him. He spoke to Him without any sense of guilt, condemnation, fear, intimidation whatsoever. But, after the fall, he hid himself. He was afraid of God. He was guilty. He was condemned. He felt inferior, unworthy to stand before the presence of the living God. Sin consciousness drove him from the presence of God and caused him to hide himself from God. Beloved, there cannot be any success in prayer if we have sin consciousness, inferiority, guilt, condemnation, and the devil knows it. And his number one mission is to make you feel unworthy. As a matter of fact, you listen to most New Testament people pray. Oh, Father, I am so unworthy to come before your presence. You've lost it right there. Because that's not true. That's a lie of the enemy that you bought. You are worthy if you've been born again and washed in the blood of Jesus. And you have a right to, and you have access to the presence of the Most High God. You have a right to be in His presence. You have a right to be before His throne. You have a right to petition Him for whatever it is that you need. And Adam didn't feel that way when he talked to God every day in the cool of the day. He walked right over to God and just said, well, what are we going to do today? What's going on? But you see, we cower from the presence of God because we're so conscious of our shortcomings, our faults and our failures. You know what? God wants us to eradicate those things from our lives. How are we going to do it? Well, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. How do I have access to God's presence? Number one, by knowing I have a right to be there. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And when I go before the presence of God, I must, number one, be aware of my right standing with God. You know, when you're in right standing with somebody, it's easier to look that person eye to eye. But when you're not in right standing with somebody, it's very difficult to look eyeball to eyeball. We are in right standing with God. He made us righteous with His own righteousness. 
And we can walk before His presence as though sin had never been. Secondly, and you can write these verses down. 1 John 1, 7 through 9. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. Thank God for that. There's no sin. There's no sin consciousness. And I have a right to my Father's presence. I have a right to His throne. And I have a right to ask Him whatever I will that it might be done unto me. But listen to the next verse 9. If we confess our sin, which means if I have stepped out from the light, from under the light, and I've walked in darkness, I have sinned against my God in any way, I will have a sense of inferiority, I'll have a sense of guilt and condemnation and sin consciousness, I'll be aware of my shortcomings and my faults and failures, and you know what? My prayer life will be paralyzed. And so what we've got to realize our need is this. 1 John 1, 9 says this. If I go to His presence and say, Father, I have sinned, I'm asking you to forgive me. He is faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And now once again I have a consciousness that says this, I am cleansed, I am pure, I am holy, and I have a right to be in the presence of the living God and petition Him on my behalf for whatever it is I need. See, sin consciousness was revealed to us under the Levitical priesthood. Only the high priest could approach God once a year and he had to have a right sacrifice in order even to do that. Sin was only covered from year to year. It was never remitted. It could never deal with man's sin consciousness. But thank God we don't live under the old covenant. We live under the new covenant. And under the new covenant, there is no sin consciousness because sin has been dealt with once and for all. And though our sins were as red as scarlet, but thank God they're white as snow right now. He made us pure and holy and cleansed. And we can go before the Father and before His presence and have an audience with Him, praise God, because we're the righteousness of God in Christ. And any sin, long as it's confessed, is under the blood, never to be remembered ever again. Now, go to the book of Hebrews, if you would, please. I'll tell you what, before we go to Hebrews, go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. So, you are cleansed by the blood. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. And if you have sinned on any occasion, you can be cleansed from that sin by just going to God, asking Him to forgive you, and He'll be faithful to the blood of Jesus, and He will cleanse you. Now, this will help us succeed in prayer. I want you to see this. We need to know that because we're righteous, we have access. Would you say that with me? I have access to the presence of God. Look at verse 17 of Ephesians in chapter 2. And came and preached peace to you which were afar off, that's the Gentile, and to them that were nigh, that's the Jew. That means Jesus came and made peace with God for both the Jew and the Gentile. Verse 18. For through Him we both have access. Everybody say access. Say, I have access. For through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Say it with me like this. I have access by the Spirit unto the Father. Now hold your place there and look at the book of Romans in chapter 5. Because of Jesus, we have peace with God. You ever hear about people talking about making their peace with God? Because of Jesus, we all have peace with God. You have peace with God. I have peace with God. God is not at war with me. 
Aren't you glad? God doesn't view me as an enemy. God doesn't view me as someone that has no right to approach His presence. God views me as someone that He is at peace with. Aren't you glad that Jesus brought down that wall of partition? Aren't you glad that Jesus went to bat for us and caused us to have peace with the Father? Look at this verse in chapter uh, one, or chapter five, rather, of Romans. Romans five one. Therefore, being justified by faith, say it with me: I am justified by faith. I have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Adam lost. He had no peace with God. He was an enemy of God. Every one of us was an enemy of God. We were enemies in this life, in this world, without hope. In this present age. But thank God we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And let's read on. By whom also, there's that word again, we have access by faith. We have access unto the Father. And now we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. We have access by faith into grace. Grace is the operational power of God. Grace is the might of God's working in the life of the believer. I have peace with God, which gives me access to the Father's presence so that I can experience His power in my life. It goes on to say, I like this, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. That word there, hope, is with expectancy, with certain expectancy. Because I have been justified, it's just as if I've never sinned. Because I have faith to stand in the grace of God, having access by faith into grace, and because of this peace and because of this access I have to God, I stand in certain hope or in certain expectancy that the glory of God is going to be the end result of my petition. I'm going to see the glory of God. I'm going to see the power of God manifested in my life. Not just on the other side when I get... In glory, I'm talking about right here and right now. I have certain expectancy. That means when you go before the presence of the living God and you say, Father, I petition you on this day. I have access to your presence by faith and I'm looking to you for grace, operational power in my life. I have certain expectancy. I know your glory is now being revealed and unleashed in my life. Now, with that thought, going back to Ephesians 2. Because you'll notice that it says the same thing there in Ephesians 2. Paul writing the same the same writer to the two different churches, he says, look, 2, verse 18, for through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Only the high priest could go to the Father under the Old Covenant, but beloved, you and I can sit on the Father's lap and say, Daddy, I love you. I belong here. Right here in your presence. Right here in your throne. I have access Because of the blood, by faith, I can come here. I can fellowship with you. I can commune with you. I can worship you. I can petition you. And I can expect that you will reveal your glory in my life. You'll manifest yourself and make yourself known. You will meet my need. And I thank you for that, Father. Look at the next verse. Now, therefore, you're no more strangers. Someone on the outside looking in. You know, when people come over your house, knock on your door, and they would just walk right on in. His family just walks right on in, don't they? I'm not a stranger. I'm a family member. Aren't you glad for that? You were a stranger. You were on the outside looking in. You were on the outside of the covenant. You had no right to God. You had no right to His family. You had no right to His covenant privileges. You had no right to anything that God had. But thank God, because of Jesus, 
You have peace with God and you have access into the Father's holiest presence. Praise God. You can sit upon His lap on the throne. You can petition Him because you're not a stranger look at, or a foreigner, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Those in my household freely come and freely go. My children don't have to ask me anything as far as coming into my presence and jumping on my lap. I love it, don't you? When your kids do that. That's exactly the relationship we have with the Father. And this is what makes prayer effective. By my knowing, I can just walk up to my Father and say, Father, I love you. And Father, I have a right to be here. I have access by faith into your grace. And I've come to petition you on my behalf. Now, look at chapter 3 and verse 10. I want you to see how this is repeated over and over again. Well, let's back up to verse 9. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now, everybody say now, now that the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church. You know, we have a job to do. We have a part to play in this. God wants us to let the devils know. See, it's by the church. What? The manifold wisdom of God. He wants us to make known to all the devils in, in high places, all the demon forces, the manifold wisdom of God. You lose, we win, Jesus defeated you by His blood, and we have authority and power over you. God wants us to represent Him on the earth, and He wants us to be those that inform the enemy that we've got power. He lost, and He has no right to exercise authority over our lives any longer. Look at the next verse. According to the eternal purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom... Now listen, we have boldness and access. Now he adds another word, with confidence. Say, I have boldness. I have access. With confidence, by faith, in Jesus, to stand before God. One more verse, Hebrews, if you would, please. Hebrews chapter 4. Now we've got boldness. What is prayer? Prayer is boldly. Prayer is confidently walking by access into the presence of the living God and taking His Word and saying, Father, I know I belong here. This is what you said and I know that you'll make it good in my life. Hebrews chapter 4. Look at this verse in verse 12 through 14. And it says this. Seeing then that we, verse 14 rather, 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession or saying the same thing. We have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore, or by virtue of His presence at the Father's right hand, giving us access, let us therefore come how? Timidly? How? Unworthily? How? With sin consciousness? No. Let us come boldly with confidence, having access to the Father's presence, come boldly that we might obtain something, mercy, and find what? Grace to help. His power in our lives in our time of what? Our time of need. What is our time of need? I might have a time of need in which I need healing in my body, healing in my finances, help in my marriage, help with my family, help with my kids. What's my time of need? I have a time of need to help with my unsaved loved ones to bring them to Christ or with understanding or with revelation or with wisdom or whatever it is that I need in, in doing a project that He is, wants me to do and trusts me to do. Well, thank God I have found mercy and grace to help in my time of need because I have access and boldly and confidently I go to my Father and I say, Father, give it to me. Hallelujah. He said, Son, it's yours. Thank God. It's yours. Amen. I like that, don't you? 
Now, I want to conclude by just saying this. Every one of us has this access. No one has greater access than another person. It doesn't matter if your name is Kenneth Hagen, Kenneth Copeland. It doesn't matter if your name is Oral Roberts. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. When a person first gets saved, that person has access. Billy Graham, Benny Hinn, it does not matter. Beloved, there's one thing I have determined in my heart to make clear from this pulpit. You don't need me to get to God. You can get to God right there in that pew. You can get to God driving in the highway in your car, riding your motorcycle, riding your bicycle, jogging along a path, walking. You can get to God anywhere, any place, anytime, and you have just the same access to the Father as I do, and vice versa. You realize that? Absolutely. You can go to God with this understanding, and you can ask Him anything, and He will do it. Anything you ask in prayer believing, He will do for you. Whatever it is, all things. Are there boundaries? Yes, there's boundaries. You, you can't pray for something beyond the Word of God. Too often people look at this kind of a teaching and, and they view it as such that we're saying you can ask that the sky be red. And that's... Actually, it's ludicrous to even think that way. We're not talking about something beyond the boundary of this Word. Whatever God has promised you, you can ask Him for, and He will give it you. What about this? Why don't you ask Him for a, a profound manifestation of His presence in your life like you have never experienced before, so that when you're rising up and you're lying down, you see Him in a greater dimension. Why don't you ask Him to unfold the rich treasures of His Word and understanding of faith like you have never seen before. Why don't you say, Father, I'm asking you for a boldness to tell every person I come into contact with something about your love. Why don't you say, Father, enlarge my territory, my borders. Everywhere I go, expand my effectiveness in ministry. Make me a vessel so in tune with your Spirit that wherever I go, I am aware of the condition of somebody who needs your help Make me sensitive to that. See, people think you're talking about selfish things. It's not selfish. Even if you're asking for God to bless your finances, that's not selfish. To heal your body, that's not selfish. How many of you have read the book, the book of the prayer of Jabez? A few of you have. You know, it's amazing to me these books come out, you, you see something like that. For 20 some odd years to almost 30 years, we've been criticized for praying prayers like that. Isn't that amazing? Criticized for that. You read the prayer, really, if you think about it, it sounds like a very selfish prayer. Lord, bless me. Oh, Lord, bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. My territory. Enlarge my territory. And oh, Lord, may your hand be upon me. And oh, and also, and that you would keep me from the enemy, protect me from the enemy. That's his prayer. Simple as that. Praying for me. We've been talking about things like that for a long period of time and criticized for it because people didn't understand. But I thank God people are learning and understanding that we're not off the wall. You have not because you asked not.
Lord, bless me to make me a blessing. You bless my coming in. You bless my going out because I want to serve you well. I want to represent you well. I want your presence to go before me and your glory to be behind me. And everywhere I go and every way I, everywhere I turn, Father God, I want your glory to be made manifest in and through my life. Why? So I can be seen to be somebody? No, I want you to be seen through me, Jesus. Father, increase my financial resources so that I can bless your kingdom. Not just so that I can have the blessing, and I thank God for the blessing, and I know he wants to bless me because I'm his son, and you're a son or his daughter, and he wants to bless you immeasurably, but praise God, he wants also you to use it to bless his kingdom. What about keeping you from the, from the devil? You know what the Bible says? It's his will. Actually, the prayer has been fulfilled in Christ, to be honest with you. That prayer has been fulfilled in Christ. Lord, bless me. Well, you know what the response of Christ is to that? I have blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus already. There's nothing more to bless you with. Right? With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Enlarge my border. Everywhere you set your foot to tread upon is yours. Right? Absolutely. That your hand might be upon me. His hand is in me. Not just on me. His hand is in me. The hand of the Lord has come upon me. And now it's in me. I have the fullness of His Spirit. Don't you? Are you filled with the Holy Ghost and power? Absolutely. Just believe it and act like it's so. And finally, what about keeping me from the wicked or from the evil of this age? It is His will, the Bible says in the book of Galatians, to deliver us from the evil of this age. Hallelujah. Amen? That's what it says. And so, you know what? He's already answered that prayer in Christ. I give you power and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Matter of fact, I'll give my angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways, to bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. God's not withholding anything from us. He's given us all things to enjoy. Petition. What do you want? Keep me from the wicked one. Keep me from evil. Hallelujah. He's already empowered us. And He will do so if you just ask Him. Let's stand together before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.